1: with the Sideshow Network
0: app for iPhone and iPad. Hey, it's Eric Schwartz, AKA Smooth E. And if anyone knows about shaving, it's me. You think my polished bald dome just comes naturally? No, I gotta shave almost every day to keep people calling me Baldy locks. And if I go to the store to buy razors, I'm like, why are they so expensive? And why does this one vibrate? That is so stupid, especially if you have a girlfriend. Do not get a vibrating razor, stupid. You just make yourself obsolete. I got sick of paying too much for stuff I don't need on my razor and found Dollar Shave Club. They made it easy and cheap to get high quality razors 100% guaranteed sent to you in the mail so you never have to even think about it again every month you just get a new pack every week you change your blade and every day ladies want to touch you and right now you can help yourself to these razors as well as helping me and the show by going to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash Eric so next time you find yourself looking around for your razor and you realize oh my girlfriend went to go sleep with it rest a little away from her and go to dollarshaveclub.com slash Eric take it from Smooth E the guy with the smoothest dome in the business DollarShaveClub.com forward slash Eric. Hello, my name is Smoothie. And there are a lot of things you can do with the parodies nuts. Like what? Listen. Well, you can sing with the parodies, cling on a parodies, swing from a parodies nuts. Tease with the parodies, please with the parodies, squeeze on a parodies nuts. Jump on the parodies, pump up a parodies, bump with the parodies, nuts. Scrunch up a parodies, bunch up a parodies, munch on a parody's nuts. It's smooth E, Double O. You can't trouble me for my double flow, I don't think so. I think you think slow, you need some ginkgo, Biloba, cause your concentration is just like over. It's a <laughs> error <laughs> <laughs> Smooth E. Parodies Nuts podcast. Number, blah blah, blah blah blah. I don't even know what number it is. Look it up. What, am I going to do everything for you? I host the show, I got to keep track of the numbers. Hell no. It's my job to host the show and to tell you how great it's going to be. You are so demanding. This is where we kick music into parody's nuts. And I probably should be a little bit nicer to you if I want you to keep listening and come see me out on tour. My next big show is at the Irvine Improv on May 5th. Gringo de Mayo. It is going to be awesome. I do this every year. Uh, Gringo de Mayo show and uh, for this one you got to keep tuned to my YouTube channel at Suburban Homeboy and uh, I I went to Boyle Heights which is like Mariachi Central in Los Angeles they have a a place called Mariachi Plaza I went to talk to mariachis about how I can become an authentic mariachi we're gonna be posting the video of that really soon to my YouTube channel I also did like a performance of three songs in Spanish So uh, tune up to my YouTube channel at Suburban Homeboy. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Eric Schwartz and on Instagram at uh, uh, Eric Schwartz. That's three E's. Our show is very exciting today. And when I talk about exciting, I'm talking about hair-raising, nipple-hardening fun. All right? We got comedian and producer Jay Davis on the show. This guy's been a buddy of mine for a while, and uh, it was just cool to hear his story from his mouth. He's got an amazing story that a true comedy fan would not want to miss. Also, I go out on the streets and ask people their opinions of the new Brad Paisley LL Cool J song Accidental Racist that's been causing a lot of controversy. It's a segment called Talking to Strangers. But first, it is time to refresh you with the latest music news in a segment I call Justin Bieber has ditched his monkey. You may remember German officials confiscated the poor guy last month. The monkey, not Justin. But it looks like Justin won't return with the proper paperwork to take him home. Now officials are gonna send him over to an animal shelter. There might be one less lonely girl, but there is one more lonely monkey. You know, usually I'd switch to another story here, but I'm not done talking about this monkey. Just when it couldn't get any worse for the monkey, he's got to look at pictures of his old owner and his old girlfriend on Twitter. That's right, Justin recently briefly posted a picture of him and Selena Gomez getting all cuddly. Maybe that's why he abandoned you, monkey. Justin, I don't know if you know what you're doing. God forbid he escapes from Germany and comes and mauls your face Why do you think Michael Jackson had to get so much plastic surgery? Because he ignored bubbles. Okay, let's move on from monkeys to something with less intelligence. Kesha's got a new show on MTV called My Crazy Beautiful Life. Here are some quotes from Kesha, reenacted by me, detailing how she thought of this brilliant show. My brother quit his job just totally on a prayer and started filming my life. See, that is admirable. Even though you're a pop star with millions, you make your brother risk it all to respect the hustle. Make him sleep in the bathtub and brush his teeth with a bottle of Jack. It's very gorilla, do it yourself, kinda ghetto style. A lot has to be subtitled. Wait, what? Subtitled. Oh, subtitled. So basically you're saying it's a vlog on MTV. Hmm, it's missing something. I got it. A monkey. (laughs) I'm Smoothie, and you've been refreshed. Who knew Brad Paisley and LL Cool J could make such sweet yet bad music together? The Accidental Racist song has taken over America. And uh, as they said on SNL, it has ended racism and songwriting. Well, I went on onto the streets of Venice Beach to ask reactions to Accidental Racist. (laughs) Let me read you some of the lyrics. If you don't judge my do-rag, I won't judge your red flag.
1: Oh no, that's, that's funny. Shut the f- up. A do-rag isn't offending you. A do-rag doesn't have economical power to put you down so that we couldn't vote. We couldn't write. It was illegal. If
0: you don't judge my gold chains, I'll forget about the iron chains. Slavery and wearing some gold chains into the same category doesn't really work. The relationship between the mace and Dixon needs some fixing. That's... Okay. No, that's so lame. It's kind of lame. Lay mine. The sentiment behind it you like, but it's just the way he said it. The delivery is not good at all. If you want to hear and see the rest of the reactions, you can go to my YouTube channel at Suburban Homeboy. And this is part of a new segment called Talking to Strangers. Please leave your comments and responses. My guest today has been a friend for a long time, and I've been fortunate enough to work with this guy. His name is Jay Davis. You may remember him from Dane Cook's Torgasm. If you're a fan of the L.A. comedy scene, you've probably been to one of his shows. He was responsible for the legendary Dublin's Comedy Night on Sunset, and he continues to be a pioneer in the L.A. stand-up scene. So why don't I just shut up and let's talk to Jay Davis? All right, Jay Davis, man, it's
1: great to have you on. I'm so excited to be on. You're, you're one of my favorite comedians in the whole world. Shut up. I'm telling you. You say that to all your favorite you comedians. Know. I have a lot of favorite comedians, and you're one of them. Oh, but dude. I do have a lot of them, but I, you're one of them, and I think you're like an incredible... Like I should be interviewing you, because I am such a huge fan. Oh, I love everything dude. you do. I know your work. I know how long you've been working and how hard you work, and I have a lot of respect for you, and I appreciate and I'm honored to be on your podcast. This
0: is a moment for me, because do <laughs> you know how long it took me to... To want I a lot of com- comedians like want you to like them, you know what I mean? Because you are a guy who who has started something on his own and is really like a pioneer in self-starting in comedy. And it, what you've done is like a lot of people I don't I don't think a lot of the public knows. A lot of comedians know what you've done, and it's an amazing story. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on. To tell your story, I and appreciate it. A story it, that, know, that that is, that has, I think, a new chapter that's that really like burgeoning right now, like it's really exploding right now. So I want to take the audience back to what was it like around 2001?
1: That's about 2000, actually. 2000. 2000. when I started.
0: Okay. The and Dublin
1: show. This with is... Ahmed. Ahmed.
0: With Ahmed Ahmed.
1: You can say his name twice. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> Ahmed double. The, du- the double Ahmed.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm a comedian. I've been I've been doing it for about like four years at that point, and all of a sudden there's this bar on Sunset called Dublin's that has comedy. And I'm hearing all this buzz about it, and this guy named Dane Cook is who was one of my favorite comedians from the Laugh Factory at the time, like just. Exploding from your room. So how did you get that started at Dublins? It became one of the biggest rooms in the city.
1: It really did. You know, I I think that there was definitely the timing on that was just good. But you know, I was just really passionate about trying to learn comedy. And I knew that every time I would go by the laugh factory on a Tuesday, which was open mic night, there'd be this long line of people. And then you had a wait-in line, you weren't even sure you were gonna get on for three minutes, and I thought, man, I don't I've been in this town over, you know, 15 years. I mean, and I'm just starting comedy. I know a lot of people, I can pack this place and they're still going to make me stand in line. I'm like, screw it. I think I should just build my own stage, maybe pull a booth out at Dublin's and <laughs> put some plywood there and some track lighting and put some speakers up and start a comedy night. Maybe I can meet some other comics like me that want to learn comedy that I like. I could bring in like 40 to 50 people. This is what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. Well, the first night we did it, we had over 300 people show oh up. The first and then night? The first night, yeah. But Ahmed Ahmed also promoted Very Hard, too. Who was and, doing and, comedy for a while. Right, and then he knew all the comics because I didn't know any comics and I never even watched Comedy Central or anything. I just said, I'm jumping in the deep end here, but I figured if I host the show and help book the show, Uh, no matter how much I suck, uh, I can rebook myself and surround myself with the best possible talent. And that's what I did. And then I just grew into loving the producing aspect of a live comedy show and became a really great host. And it still developed some material. And and through that, you know, I was able to meet Dane Cook, who brought me on the road. And then that helped my comedy tremendously. So many thanks to him for that. So it's like through
0: blind ignorance of not ever doing comedy before. He's like, maybe I could do some huge show in this bar. And it actually worked where you're you're what's so amazing about it is you have a line around the block that's as long as any of these comedy clubs at that time like it, you were doing something that was like that's why I think the whole industry was like amazed by what you're doing because it's like you're doing something that a comedy club does on your first try and you
1: you're just starting comedy yeah it's weird you know like it, it was just meant to be Celebrities I, I were like, coming
0: to cheer your show well, like
1: that's the thing though see people have to understand like when I first came out here I did want to be an actor and then I was working uh, at, at a bunch of hot spots in LA I became a, a bar guy bartender I used to manage bands I used to book bands when I was in my 20s I just just some all the stuff would fall in my lap and then I became a a promoter at nightclubs and would meet all these beautiful women so I had all their numbers and and I'm a genuine guy you know I wasn't like out trying to have sex with them I really genuinely wanted them to come have fun at my events so they became my friends and I accepted the friend thing like most guys are like oh that's uncool but I really accepted those friendships and it it came out to my benefit because when you bring beautiful women around before you know it and they (laughs) like you as a friend they're bringing their celebrity boyfriends in like the most beautiful women in town they're hanging with the rich dudes the producers the agents like all, all these beautiful women I knew that I was friends with were bringing like famous people to my show. You know, like, oh, I'm bringing the lead singer of, uh, you know, the, the, what's the name of that? I don't even remember the band, but like the guys that did Butterfly and, and all these people that were hot at the time. Like, I'm bringing the lead singer of Stained and, oh, I'm bringing the head agent at William Morris. I've been hanging out with them. I'm like, yeah, bring him. And then people were just blown away. <laughs> Justin Timberlake was there one night. Oh, Justin Timberlake was a regular. He, he was a regular. His I, first that's where date... he learned to do comedy, right? You know, here's a good story about that. One day I'm at the uh, Gaucho Grill that used to be across the street from the Laugh Factory. And I'm having lunch with a friend and my friend says, Oh my god, you're not gonna believe it. it's Justin Timberlake and Cameron Diaz are sitting behind us and Justin's facing the laugh factory. And I'm wow. like, I should go say hi. I used to come to my shows and he's like, Yeah, but then they just got their food, so I didn't want to. Then I went over towards the bathroom to pay my bill. And at that time, Justin gets up, starts walking like he's gonna go to the bathroom, something. I'll intercept his route to the bathroom and be like, Hey, I'm Jay Davis. I don't know if you remember me, but I used to do the Dublin show that you came to. That was my goal. But what was happening is he's walking directly at me, not going to the bathroom and goes <laughs> Jay Davis? No way, I swear dude. it was one of the best moments in Hollywood. Oh, it was like, oh, my God, I can't even believe I'm seeing you right now. Like, he seems starstruck to see me. No like, way. Like, a, a little old uh, producer on the Sunset Strip, not even at a comedy <laughs> club at Dublin. He's like, dude, you're not even going to believe this. I was just looking at the Laugh Factory, and I started talking to my girlfriend, Cameron, Cameron Diaz. Uh, remember <laughs> our first date at Dublin's, like, a long time ago? That was the best night. And that I he took her there wow. on the first date. He goes, you know, I took Cameron on our, our first date to Dublin's comedy night and then I'm looking at the laugh factory and I started thinking like you remember the double thing and then I look over and there's Jay Davis you're oh right here I, I he goes I had to come say hello I'm like oh my god I'm freaking out right now because I was I didn't want to interrupt your like lunch I was going to come over and say hi but you guys just started he goes what are you kidding me I would have interrupted your lunch you should have interrupted <laughs> my lunch and I was like it was just a really killer highlight like that from weird. a it's... little bar show that, that I thought 40 people would come out to that, that became this big celebrity event that That's people would come out to but you know you <laughs> It just it worked out. But another reason why Dublin's did so well is when I was running a bar, uh, it was it was Dave Chappelle's favorite place to hang out, and I was one of the managers at this bar mm. at the Sunset Marquis Hotel called the Whiskey Bar. And I remember telling Dave I had this itch to do comedy, but I was kind of fearful, and I was older. I mean, I didn't start comedy till I was 31, my first time. Well, my first time on stage I was 19. Then I did it again at 25. That's how long I took between sets. Okay. And then I did it again at 31, but I made sure to start my own show because I know you can't just do it once every five years and be a comedian. You got to do it all the time. Right. So that's 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 another reason I wanted to start this show so that that would get me more sets, and so Dave said, "Yeah, you just gotta get on stage. You gotta get on stage," and uh, and I was like, "Cool." So about about three about three or four weeks after we started Dublin's, like literally, like. It was less than a month old. I run into Dave Chappelle, and he goes, dude, I I know this waitress that's friends with yours. She said that you started doing comedy. Not only did you start doing comedy, you created your own show. He goes, you know how many people come up to me because I'm a pretty successful comedian and say I want to be a comedian. I tell them to get on stage. They never do it. Not only did you start doing it, you created your own show. He goes, I'm impressed. He goes, when's your show? I go, Tuesday night. He goes, I'm in town Tuesday night. Call all your friends and tell them Dave Chappelle's doing 20.
0: Damn, dude. I'm like, what? This is when he was on the Chappelle show. This
1: is when, yeah, he he's a multi-movie star, like huge, the biggest thing in comedy. Right. He told me, I barely know this guy, someone I never even hung out with, told me, call my friends. Tell all your friends Dave Chappelle's going to be doing 20 minutes on your oh show. Oh, my God. And how packed was it? It was insane. He blew the roof off the place. Now, oh Dane Cook God. hadn't done it since then, but Dane had been doing cl- like bars in Boston a lot. And it's a hard room, you know? It's not easy doing a, a, like a bar room turned into a comedy night. Yeah. Dane said he was done doing that. He'd already done a Comedy Central special. There was a lot of heat on him. He was already at the main clubs here. He didn't really need to do a bar thing. He'd heard about it. He didn't want to do it. But the second he heard Dave Chappelle did it, he yes. keeps hearing about this night, right? And he's like, Dave Chappelle did it? well I guess I'll go check it out and he said the second he walked in the room he felt the energy he goes I gotta go on that stage this is
0: and so this so Dave Chappelle had done it before Dane did it. That's correct. And Dane became Dane became a fixture at that place. That's I mean, he right. was there every week. That's right. And he would I mean, that I think was before he made like the national um the national like uh household name.
1: Yeah, he definitely was not it, it, a household it, name, but he was his half-hour special was popping. Right. Pretty big and and his online uh you know, business savvy f- business thing, he was yep. able to to somehow Connect with his fans, um, unlike any comedian at that time. He was right. ahead of the game when it came to computer skills and promotions on his own. He was well and on his I think way that's before. What he, did. he was before like with
0: Harmful of Swallowed, right. and then this is before Retaliation.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot. You had a big part of the Harmful Swallowed, didn't you? Help record uh, I that? I edited it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. and that's my favorite record that he ever did. Obviously, oh. the first one's always <laughs> the best. <laughs> well, you know, because he's more passionate. He's not like living in a mansion with a you know the the most beautiful. <laughs> house in the world yeah. like what he deserves because he sure earned it but um, I tell you a lot of people talked bad about Dane his peers and I just don't agree with it the yeah, guy worked his ass that. off I watched him he would do a different set every night at Dublin's and blow people's mind and it would look like he was doing brand new material every time I've never seen anything like it uh, and uh, I have a lot of respect for him uh, as a comedian he's one of the best ever for
0: sure Dane gets, Dane gets way more um, as we say in the Yiddish language service Than he deserves. Because I mean that dude, I watched him from when he started at the Laugh Factory and until now. And I mean, he continues to work as hard as as he does. And I mean, you know what I mean? He's he's great. He's phenomenal.
1: He's got the best vision of almost anybody I've ever met. Like he's the kind of guy that visualizes something he wants. He has his goals, visualize. I'm sure he's written them down in 30 different places. And he gets to those goals. He meets them unlike anybody I've ever seen. He's driven. It's a it's a special driven. Person and uh, you know, I, I, he's gonna have many more successes in the future so people can hate on him all they want I think this guy will always uh, push his way back to the top and stay on top He's a, he's a great comic, you know yeah. people go through different stages in their career and their lives You know he went through a lot of pain, so more pain came out of his comedy So you might have loved harmful swallowed, but maybe didn't like his newest special, but give him time He'll come back with another one that you'll like, you know, that's so, just, just you, how it goes So what happens
0: is you start working with Dane so much at uh at Dublin's. Dublin's closes. You open this other place called, uh, what was it XS, called? XS. Club like, XS. Club It was like
1: Dublin's 2 kind of yeah. thing. I had go-go dance as we were experimenting with that for a little bit. That was kind of fun. In between the comics, we had girls come out in bikinis. Yeah. Uh, on poles. That and was kind of interesting. This is
0: where I remember watching Dane shoot something for an hour thing that he was going to do on HBO, which turned into, I think, the one that was in the round. Uh, yeah. The, in Madison Square Garden, which your voice is on there introducing him. Yep. He takes you out on the road. Uh, on tourgasm right okay what was that experience he, he like? took me
1: out before tourgasm like i was doing the clubs with him for the small amount of time that he was doing clubs yeah and then he went directly to did like did college uh, arenas and and theaters and then stadiums you know so it was it was incredible uh, i was really blessed to be uh and honored to be a part of that and uh very thankful it enhanced my comedy tremendously and uh, it was nice that he gave me the confidence that he, he was cool Uh, letting me host and open all the all those shows but you know i think he also did it to give back to me a bit because you know i did i think i did help him a lot at dublin's i'm a a, a natural promoter i think it's just in my personality it's a gift that i've been given by god i naturally love helping people that i feel deserve it and uh so i would just talk up dane and the town started talking about him and then his own talent carried him to where he is today and, and he was nice enough to to get me on the road with them and, and and let me do those opening spots. It was a blast.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it. Sounds awesome. Uh, and so, in in between then and now, you got married and divorced. Yeah, that lasted
1: so. about almost two years. <laughs> okay, you know, hey, listen, I learned a lot. So if I marry the next girl, I marry. Uh, I'll be a better husband, but I, you know, just also I'll do a little more research on the girl I'm marrying. That's always a good idea too. So next right. time I'll make sure to Google it up. Yeah. You gotta Google, guys. If you got <laughs> so, a fiance, hit the Google. Well, Go now you, Google your girl. Yeah, Google make your sure girl. Make sure she doesn't have more than four names because you're in trouble otherwise. That's a, that's
0: a plus now. You can actually Google like. Google Plus. Yeah, yeah oh, Google get Plus. On there. Yeah, well I mean you could check her Facebook or your, her Twitter and see if she's really crazy. She yeah. can't hide secrets from me anymore.
1: I tell you what, if there's one red flag. Beat it! Get out of there. <laughs> um, okay, so but I have a lot of red flags, so I got to be careful too. Well, <laughs> you got to find somebody who likes red flags. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right.
0: Uh, okay, so in between those, so you got married, and then did it? Did that take you away from the comedy scene at all, or you
1: know, it, I think it did. Um, but you know, more, I think more importantly, you know, I lost my father the same oh. year I got married, and I, I did fall into a depression, um, and I had some money saved, so I was just kind of being really lazy and living off savings and I'm sure that wasn't so attractive to my wife playing video games all night long as an escape you know I wasn't drinking or anything like that but I used video games as an escape and just you know I lived in Manhattan Beach which was amazing because you'd wake up and go to the beach all day but I wasn't Thinking of my comedy, or being passionate about writing, or you know, driving into Hollywood when I had a spot, I would miss spots, and so it was, it was, it was a tough time. But you know, I got through it, and um, you know, hey, what was it that got you back into the I, comedy? I think probably, you know, my wife was like, "We gotta get back up into Hollywood, and you know, mm-hmm. we're gonna move." And she, I was like, "I didn't want to leave the beach. I'm very hard-headed." And then finally, she's like, "I'm gonna leave you if we don't go up back up to Hollywood, so we get a place in Hollywood." And then she leaves me a week later, but at oh, least she got man. me back up there. And ever since I've been back, I mean, when she left, it was just like my spark came back. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. But I'm, I'm back and I'm, I'm, back I'm working like, as hard as ever. I've got exactly. two shows a week and a third one coming. Um, I'm really excited. about. I got back to back. I don't know if you've done. You got, did I book you the pink taco yet? Because it's, no. it's destroying. It's like I've it's heard like Dublin's with experience. That's oh, my what it God.
0: Is. See, so now for the people who don't know. So in about the last year or two, you've been doing uh, a place called the parlor, which on, is amazing, which is awesome. And we just got all brand new furniture
1: like, that's really comfortable. Yeah. And it's been packed every Monday. It's, it's, a, it's a really it's incredibly amazing my fun. first
0: time going in there i'm like wow this is what's been missing in the comedy scene it's like dublin's again it's like how does this guy get these like it's always hot women in the crowd it's always like the the people that you want to be performing for you know it's it's a great crowd in there and you always have the greatest comics on the lineup and so now i'm like wow we're back and then you top yourself by opening this pink taco room, I've heard nothing but the best about it. It's been open for about
1: I did my four six weeks week last six night, weeks? and there's never been an empty seat since I started. It's oh my god! And the place is immense,
0: right? It's huge. It's like over four hundred. got over two hundred.
1: Yeah, it's it's been packed since the second we did it. Um, it's right on amazing. the Sunset
0: Strip across the street from where Dublin's was. It,
1: it is. And I'm going to give some props to a couple of people because there's a guy there who's the GM at, at, for all the Pink Tacos. He's like the corporate guy uh, for the owner. He also, they run uh, Viper Room and uh, Fuck You Burger. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen that. I think that. it's called that. You yeah, You F-U-Burger, something like that. And um, he's just been such a pleasure to work with and a great help. Also, also this guy Pete Giovanni who's the host of all the yeah. Madhouses mm-hmm. since Uh, At the Roosevelt Hotel. Since New York City, then Vegas, now they're at the Roosevelt. And he's been a great help, at helping bring people, and just helping me with the show in general, getting things that we needed to make the sound better, the lights better. He's just been such a great help, and he's becoming a great friend, and I really believe in his comedy. And it's the first guy I've met that hosts like me. He's just as passionate as I am, which I think is a sign that I'm going to start having him host in that one a little more, and me start... You know, pushing away and start to do my comedy more. I think it'll be good for me to build up some new material as a comedian. Yeah. Hit the stage doing stand up, even though I always do stand up as a host. But it's kind of nice to let Pete host, and he, he wants to do that, and he's excellent at it he's an excellent host he's got great experience so i'm excited for that and then also give props to the parlor the owner there ike is phenomenal yeah uh one of my best friends and um he's an amazing human being that loves comedy and he and and his venue is so supportive of what we do so it's great to have uh uh people on the staff like that to to give back and help and believe in the night and to help live stand-up comedy you know
0: Well, if there's nobody that I can think of that has helped live stand-up comedy more than you, that has, you know, you don't even have a club attached to you where you've opened these stages. For, for us to uh, to come perform on, and I can't wait to come down to Pink Taco and check it out, even just as a fan. Are you
1: booked? Uh, I uh, no, no, no. I haven't yeah. booked you yet. No, dude. That is just wrong. I, wanted,
0: I want you to do it for six weeks I and get the sworn. kinks out. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> the kinks are out, and I got yeah. a curtain going up. You're gonna even have the curtain and everything, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm so excited. Well, if I'm it, gonna book you up right now after this is all over right, after yeah, this cause... is over. Um, oh, man. You,
0: I'm excited for you because, you know, I think that's a good idea to have somebody hosting like Pete, and because you're a true, you know, uh, comic, where you, you, I'm performing with you right now, we're at the Laugh Factory right now in Long Beach, and you're like, I gotta do new stuff, I gotta do new stuff. There's like 30 people in the crowd right now, and you're like, I, gotta, I just gotta do it. That's how a comic operates, dude, and I really admire that, that not only are you this producer who's made so much opportunity and, and bettered the comedy uh, scene for the world... I mean, you've really helped a lot of people, uh, but you're also a, 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 a technical, um, a craftsman. is what I'm trying to say. That. Yeah, thank you. It's cool. It's cool to see, and it's cool to uh, to be in your in your in your loop. Well, you
1: know I appreciate I mean? it, man. I'm honored. To, you're like the rock star. Like every the, Dude, that last set you had at the parlor, I got that great <laughs> picture of you leaning yeah, in. Yeah,
0: that was so fun. You,
1: you guys, if, if you go to Eric's page, I'm sure that's posted up somewhere. There's this awesome picture of Eric leaning in, and the crowd is just going nuts like a rock concert, <laughs> and it was special. It was a special night. We've had a lot of special nights yeah, together, and sure. I know many more to come, So tell it's people, yeah. where,
0: just so it comes out of your mouth, it's Monday nights at the parlor.
1: Monday night. Every Monday night at the Parlor in Hollywood. Melrose. On Melrose. Yeah, there used to be one in Santa Monica that doesn't exist anymore. Same owners, but it's now called the Parlor in Hollywood, and it's 7250 Melrose Avenue. And uh, it's at 9 o'clock to 1130 every single Monday night. And then back to back, you know, come on out Tuesday, too. It's always a different show. High caliber pro comics, like only the best at, uh, at both. You know, I'm trying to put the biggest and best comics because they're all my friends anyway and they like doing my shows. So I'm keeping it at really high end and the Pink Taco show, we call it Sunset Stand Up and that's at 8225 Sunset Boulevard. Pink Taco on the Sunset Strip on Tuesday. Every Tuesday night in the third floor ballroom. Taco Tuesday. It's beautiful and I, and I call my events <laughs> Jay Davis Comedy. It's just that simple. Dude, and I'm the... finally branding my name. I have like a little sign that I put up at Pink Taco and I'm getting one made for the parlor. So great. for the first time in 10 years I'm branding my name and I'm excited about it.
0: Speaking of your name, where can they find you? online if they want to follow you
1: same thing just uh at j davis comedy make sure you spell it out j a y uh it's j davis comedy and then backslash or forward slash whatever it is on facebook j davis comedy and those are my two big things that i do my promotions on so you can keep in touch with who's on and who's playing and come see me as i grow more into (laughs) my comedy as well and uh yeah it's just great it's always a good time like it's really fun
0: And after we turned off the microphones from that interview, Jay booked me at the Pink Taco on April 30th. So come see both of us over at the Pink Taco as well as DJ Crash, one of my favorite DJs out there. He uh, is also the Playboy Mansion DJ. So come see all three of us at Pink Taco on Tuesday, April 30th. Well, thanks for listening to the Parodies Nuts podcast this week, and thank you to everybody at the Sideshow Network for making it possible. We'll see you guys next week. Surrender to the blender. Smooth
1: age. <laughs>